stumbled on his audiobook and it was called uh, No Excuses. And that was a really good, interesting read on YouTube. So No Excuses, what is yeah. that? It's like, it's really just preparing yourself to really make no excuses for achieving what you want in life. And uh, he kind of like digs deep into why we make excuses and breaks those barriers down, like kind of getting to the root of the issue. And it's just so interesting because like at first you're you're going, wow, he, uh, he cusses a lot in this book. <laughs> oh, does he? <laughs> and then you realize, oh, it's very modern. So I don't know. He's yeah. trying to appeal to the cool crowd. Or maybe oh, yes. a reader who did There's it. No but... excuses. You can and uh, my review said, this is a good fucking book. Did... <laughs> but those are I we've been I've been listening to a lot of those uh audiobooks like while I'm cleaning or doing art and oh, stuff, yeah. and they've been really insightful. I enjoy it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh ladies and gentlemen, welcome to hypothetical comedy. Woo. My name is Funky Sam Medina. And I'm Athena Rodriguez. And we are here with Bay Area comedian Mel Michelle. Hi, Mel. How are you? Hey, 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 it's good to be here. Hell yeah. Thanks for being with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's Saturday, you know. It's a beautiful Hell Saturday. Yeah. Oh my oh god. It is god. nice out. Yeah, it's a little warm, but that's all right. I'll, you know, I'll take it. Because we had a heat wave not too long ago, and that was terrible. Um yeah, I just went my, outside with my dog and walked her on the grass barefoot. So I'm glad I did not step in any dog poop. Oh, oh that's the worst, especially when your shoes have grooves in them. <laughs> no, she was barefoot. Was oh, barefoot. no. I've done that before. It's not a pretty oh, sight. No. <laughs> I stepped on dog poop barefoot inside a house. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, that must have been awful. Did was you, was the lights off or something? Yeah, well, I had just woken up. And it was right, you know, by where I was asleep. So that's fun. Anyway, <laughs> that's not what we're here to talk about. We're going to talk about you, Mel. Okay. Um, so tell us about, like, you grew up in New York, right? Yes, yes. What, Upstate New it, York. What's, and what's the Finger like, Lakes? Because I've never been to New York. Oh, yes. So I grew up in the Finger Lakes Ooh. area. Everybody laughs about Finger Lakes. That's it's about. Um, Why would they laugh about that? <laughs> it's about an um an hour from rochester and from Syrac you know about 45 minutes from syracuse it's about two hours from buffalo so um it's it's pretty um my hometown is fourteen thousand people so sometimes wow. the people think i'm from new york they're like oh wow new york city and the i'm like city, no yeah. the big apple <laughs> you're from the small apple exactly yeah and uh they have a you know it's it's a nice town it was a small town it's when i, I go back there money. i like to it's quiet, you know. Everybody knew everybody's business. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, you know, my um, my sister's a nurse in the hospital there. My mom was a nurse. And so, like, you know, um, just just seeing, you know, my mother goes to the nail salon and she knows everybody in the nail salon. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, um, you go to Wegmans, which is a grocery store, well-known grocery store. You see everybody you know, yeah. you know. I hate that. Whenever I go to the store, I'm just like, I hope I don't see anybody I know. Every time. <laughs> Every it's time. Like I go anywhere. I'm like, I hope I don't see anybody I know. And then if anybody hears this and sees me in public, I'm just kidding. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's that Sam Medina. Yeah. <laughs> 
was, uh, yeah. was having a, a fun time being a mean person right now. <laughs> are you a twin? You're a twin, right? I am a twin. I'm an identical Are you identical? Twin. Yes. Because I feel like when I see pictures of you guys, I can tell which one is you. I'm prettier, right? Oh, dang. yeah. That's, that's probably what it is. That's probably what it is. <laughs> um, what's it like growing up as a twin? That's crazy. Well, it's interesting because a lot of times people who know one of us before the other twin, uh-huh. you know, um, they, they same thing. You guys don't really look alike, you know, because you know me, um, but we're, we're identical. Her hair is a little shorter than mine. It's straight. Um, it was great. You know, um, I don't know any other way than being a twin, you know, yeah. and um, my mom, you know, back then twins didn't live very long. I was premature, you know, wow. and I was so, <laughs> it was so tiny that I had to wear baby clothes. I'm, baby clothes. I'm sorry. Doll clothes. Doll, Doll clothes. clothes. <laughs> wow. How, how um, premature were you? You know what? I think we were, were we four or six weeks early, I think. Wow. And, you know, back then, you know, I'm 50. So 50 years ago, you know, they didn't have preemie clothes. So, yeah. well, you know, so we, um, so I'm a miracle. I'm a miracle that I am. Yeah, you know, are. i miracle right now. I'm alive. And there's a part of you in space, but we won't talk about that. Oh, my. <laughs> um, so I bet I would imagine you guys look probably identical, like super identical as like kids and teenagers. Yeah. And yes. Did you ever like um, like switch or trick people or boyfriends or school or <laughs> oh work? Oh my goodness. Yes, we sound alike, you know. And so like we would on April Fool's Day, we would switch, you know, <laughs> you know, in elementary school and stuff. And um yeah, and we my mom did this thing where before we were five years old, she would dress us alike, you know, but after five years, we have to choose. <laughs> of course. Like, like, that's what, that that's what you do with twins though, right? Yep. You have to. It's the rules. In some baby pictures, I don't know which one's me. We look so alike as babies. Wow. Oh, yeah, totally. It's kind of like an identity crisis. I'm like, which one is this? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, do you have baby pictures? You're like, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> But boyfriends, I'm trying to think, oh, yeah. Then, like, some boys, you know, we were growing up, they're like, oh, t- double, double trouble, huh? Oh. Oh, that stuff. Oh. And we're like, no. <laughs> double, more like double the rejection. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, we were. Um, and then my mom belonged to a mother of twins club. And there were a lot of twins in my hometown. Wow. wow. In and your I have a younger town, there was a lot of twins. That's crazy. Yeah, in Geneva, New York, we had a. Wow. So she had, we, you yeah. know, it was nice because she was with other moms and families. They had twins. My dad, we we would have these like Christmas parties, and we have these. I don't know. They would have like a. That's so wild. <laughs> no, I, I have something to tell you. It wasn't a twin parents club. It was a twins um, coping meeting. It was a- <laughs> no. Wow. You know, can you imagine? I know, and you know, and th- and that's the thing. It's like they didn't have twins, you know. We're oh, support we're group. I mean, it was a twin support group. Support group, yes. Support group. Yes, you know my and my mom. I think that even like the strollers and the having enough clothes or the you know the beds. They you know they would they would have them. You know, if people wanted one, they would. I don't know. They would have some. They would hand me downs and stuff. And so my, I have a younger sister, she's six years younger. So we would call her the singlet. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wow. That's yep. incredible. Or the singleton, the singleton. 
<laughs> so she was like, she, I was always in your shadow. But then that bitch, she had two of everything, like two sh shirts that were identical. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> she had her own set of bunk beds. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Two That's cribs, crazy. you know, I mean. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it's she says we we that's the reason why she has a shopping addiction. I'm like, whatever. Because <laughs> <laughs> she had so many hand me downs. <laughs> she did. And you know, it, it's funny because um she puts like um she has some pictures. We we were going through pictures, and there's a picture of her, like us wearing a, um this like really colorful flower dress. And then there's a picture of her wearing it as a younger kid. Aww. So it's kind of like, look, there I am. There they are. <laughs> That's cute. Did you guys, do your, did your parents ever mix you guys up? Or like, was there a way to tell like, one of you guys had like, like, um, like a facial mole or something that kind of told you apart? Or does it just, they just kind of got confused too? Well, we were like, um, they had like, when we were infants, they had little they had little um, name tags. Oh, that's and cute. A and baby B. So I was baby B. And Aww. I'm trying to think my dad, sometimes my mom will look at pictures as babies. We were just like copies of each other. You know, yeah. as we got, you know, we get a little older, even like two-year-olds, I think it's kind of hard to see, you know, because yeah. we were, yeah. which one's which. And my mom will, my mom will be like, no, I, I think that's Melanie. And her name is Melo D. Oh, so dang. <laughs> <laughs> that's even, that's confusing too on top of that yes Melody and Melo, melanie yes yes so we would always get m&m twins or people would say <laughs> oh <laughs> wow exactly melanie and melody they would say <laughs> that's cute so my mom would always get confused you know my mom would look at pictures and my dad's like no i think that's melanie no i think it's melody <laughs> wow. and then like um our our, our we sound the same so like, you know, you know, I'll, I'll call my mom and dad like, hey, um, it's Melody. I'm like, no, it's Melanie. Oh, wow. Every once in a while, my dad would slip and forget, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, because it just, you know, you hear the voice and it's just a feeling and yeah, that's pretty crazy. See, we have the same thing like that in our family, but it's more um, the, the relatives sound like each other. We don't look like each other so much. But sometimes our voice will sound the same. Like I sound like my mom uh -huh. and my mom and my, and her sister, my aunt, they sound like each other. It's oh, do they? very okay. strange. It's, it's very strange. Wow. So you could, you could pretend you're somebody else. You could pretend like your mom. Yeah. They would <laughs> always, uh, I, like if she had phone calls, they would think that I was, uh, her on the phone. I'm like, no, no, it's a. You're a 15 year old child. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, would, yeah. oh, go ahead. We would like, you know, at the time, you know, when we first started, like, like, you know, wanting to call boys, I was very, very shy as a kid. And I would want my sister to ask, on the, you know, back then, oh, they had land wow. can, you, can you call, you know, Steve as, and as ask you? him on the phone? Yeah, it's me. So, you know, call oh, and ask man. for Steve and his mother would answer. Can you call? Fine, I'll call. What <laughs> a dope hack right there. Wow. That's dope. That is really crazy. The more confident you, right. like in the picture. <laughs> Exactly. And also, like, if you didn't want to see them anymore, she would be right there going, Yeah, they, I don't want to see you. Anymore. Oh, yeah, she could break <laughs> up for you too. 
you know, see, I should utilize that. I should have utilized it. Yeah, it's not too late. You still can. I'm just kidding. There you go. <laughs> can Barry tell the difference between you two? Oh, does Barry? You freak can out? have her be a stand-in, and then Barry can be distracted. Oh, have her come to your oh, house yes. if you want to date or something. Have her come to your house. Oh yes, Barry. But you know what's interesting is that she never charged. You know, my my dog's kind of like a cock block, kind of like people block. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it, I guess. She's never charged my sister. She's always been okay with Mel- with Melody. And my mom and dad, but Melody especially, she's never been trying to bite my sister, you know. Um, and then my niece and nephews, Melody's um, kids, will always just really right away, like, gravitate Energy, towards yeah. me. You know, so, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so she, I don't know. My sister hasn't been here in a long time, but, you know, I... I think she, I don't know if she could tell the difference. I think she can. My dogs, you know, I mean, yeah, I have a different scent. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So growing up in New York, um, did you start doing comedy there or did you get an interest yeah. in comedy? Yeah. So, um, no, I, I just got interested in comedy about five years ago. I think it was, okay. I got divorced. I was on my second divorce and I, wow. and I really felt like, um, let's see, it was five years, 45. And I was just going through this and um, I always liked watching it. It was kind of like an escape. Yeah. yeah totally. And so I was just kind of like, okay. And I started going to like shows and stuff, just like, you know, the improv and everything. And then I, I don't know, I just kind of felt like I wanted to find myself, you know, cause you're going yeah. through this transition and stuff. And so I, um, yeah, so I went to my first open mic and I tried it. And it was fun, you know, and, and I, you know, I've learned a lot over the years, obviously, but yeah, yeah so um, hope, I'm still learning, you know, so um, yeah, I think, I, I think I just, because um, I used to be afraid of like, get in front of people, but now I, I think naturally, like now, now I've been a teacher for 20 years, so getting in front of people isn't as, as hard for me, you know, you as what would have been yeah. more comfortable. That makes you sense. Definitely. It shows. It really does. That makes sense that, um, like, have you been on stage before, before comedy? Or was it just being a teacher kind of on stage? A teacher, a teacher in front of the class. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I teach, you know, a small group of students. But, you know, like, I remember I've, I used to do karaoke when I, you know, like I said, I was really shy as a kid. And, you know, and then, like, um, college, I was, I don't know, I never got in front of people in college, you know. But, you know, um, yeah, I remember I took a speech class in college and I liked doing this. I, I wrote out the speech I did and I liked that. So, be, you know, being prepared and everything. Then karaoke, you know, I think after I got, when I got divorced, like five years ago, I was, I liked being, you know, out there and singing and everything. Yeah. yeah karaoke, that's, that's about time. it. But yeah, so I, and so I just kind of, like, we're lucky in the Bay Area, you know, that there's so much opportunity here for to catch open mics. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And to get like as many in one night as you can. There's so many mics going on all at once, especially if you go head over to like San Francisco and Oakland area. There's like a whole cluster of all of them that are easily accessible. So uh, it's so fun, really. Yeah, there is a lot. You can just go and, you know, um, hit a couple of them a night. So it, it makes a difference, you know. It really does, yeah. I remember before the pandemic, she would pick me up from work, and we would just go to um, SF or Oakland and hit two or three a night, and mm-hmm. then just go back home. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Super fun. I miss doing stuff like that. I know. <laughs> it was a super good time. Um, before, so before we get super into the comedy stuff, um, how did you get interested in teaching? Uh, and how did you go down that path? Because that's really interesting, too. Oh, yeah. So I've always, you know, um, I don't know, I've always wanted to teach. You know, I was when I was younger, I would always play school. You know, you know how you <laughs> did that. They played school and they had, had a younger sister. So we would pretend she was the student. And <laughs> you know, I always had to be the teacher, my sister said. And so, you know, we would. Um, and then like, so cute. I always babysat, you know, with my first job, I was 11 years old when I started babysitting. Talk about wow. child labor. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, you know, I was just always really responsible. So I was a babysit at age 11 and. You know, um, and then, of course, I had, like I worked at restaurants when I was in high school. And then I don't know, I, I wanted to do like um, elementary. But then, you know, I, uh, I, I felt like it, it's a huge classroom. You know, you have like 30 kids. And I remember in, in high school, I would help out across the street from our high school. I would help out the elementary school in like the last two years of school during the school day, I had a study hall. So I went over there and I would help prep stuff and everything. And so I, I really liked that. And I just loved being, I loved school at that age. You know what I mean? Elementary, middle school, I didn't really like, but <laughs> so then I went to, I went to studied early childhood education for like preschool for infant up to like five, four or five. And I got that degree and I really like that, but, but it's so hard to, you know, find work and, you know, stuff like that because they don't pay preschool teachers enough. They don't at all. It's terrible. So then I, I did like an um, internship at a special ed classroom. So I like that because it was a small environment. Oh, yeah. And I thought this is kind of good, you know, because you don't have 30 students. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I went the route of special ed and, you know, and then plus I've always been kind of like. I don't know, kind of like a helper. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes over the years, it kind of takes its toll, you know. I, I, I've taken better care of myself, so I'm not always helping all the time, you know, taking yeah. care of myself first. Good. But, you know, um, so uh, let's see. I, um, yes, I did that internship, and then I, I was kind of like, I kind of like the special ed. So then I transferred to Buffalo State into their special ed program. And I, I like it. I really, I still... Um, I still enjoy it. I worked with adults when I first moved out to California and I like working with the adult population because there's such a need yeah. and it's fun to help yeah. develop job skills for the clients, you know, and they need and trusty people like they you, need, right, they need people like you. There's a lot of people in that system that take advantage. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I was going to say about the special needs class. Okay. So if you go to like, say third grade, right. And there's, uh -huh. three, there's 30 kids in there. It's kind of the same thing every kid's kind of equal it's kind of just overall the same but like yeah. in a special needs class it's a much smaller class but every student kind of needs a different level of care I yes guess. yes and so i think that you're an amazing giving person and so that's a well, really good you. place for you to be in life yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I really and I've been doing that I've been doing it 26 years but teaching wow. for 20 22 so um, I, I really like, I mean, in the beginning, I was very much um, not taking care of myself, give, give, give. And then they always talk about giving yourself oxygen yeah. first and then giving it to the person you're helping. Right, Because if you so can't just, breathe, you can't help. Yeah. Yeah. Just probably in the last, I don't know, maybe 
six five, or seven years. Five years. I was going to say since your divorce. <laughs> yeah, I think it is since my divorce because I would, you know, I would just go. I mean, I always liked my job, but just work, 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 and yeah. you know, and be, you know, trying to save the marriage, and so. But right. yeah, and that's so work I, too and stressful. Yes, it is you know, right, and the comedy is more like. A, a stress reliever it's kind of more like complete opposite of your work you know mm-hmm. you don't yeah. have to worry about anybody but yourself and you go out there and you just make people happy and that's it you don't have to worry about other people exactly exactly you know it's um it was kind of like a um it's like a hobby but you know i mean i you know i do enjoy i, I enjoy producing shows i enjoy like because it's a lot of like what teachers do and if you're if you plan stuff mm-hmm. and you like put you know you know finding people and then bring it and I'm a nerd because I love I love seeing people on stage bringing them up there and seeing yeah. them yeah. Me too. I do I love I, I, I love hosting that a hobby I yeah. feel like that's that's when you put your heart into it yeah when you care yeah. about it that much that's putting your heart into it and whether your intention is to become famous or oh, any yeah. of those things that that really isn't as important as how much effort and energy and heart you yeah. put into your production and, and the things that you're putting out there. So, uh, I mean, maybe you believe it's a hobby thing, but I but, really see you putting so much time and time is irreplaceable. You can't get oh, that back. You. That's a big investment and you invest a lot. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's so sweet, mm-hmm. Athena. I, I enjoy it. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I don't, it's hard, you know, um, I, I, cause I, I, I do have a full-time job, you know, and yeah. at the beginning of the school year, I said, okay, I gotta take a, I gotta take a little break here so I can focus on my, my work more as far as like working long hours and everything. But I don't know, it's gotta be very difficult when somebody's doing this for their livelihood. That's, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know how people do it. I mean, it right. becomes more of a job then. I don't know. I mean, well, it's, it's I mean, there's people who, you know, they, they work at it, you know, eight hours a day or whatever they put like, you know, so oh, yes. like they treat it like yeah. people treat it like a job. I was listening to um, a, an interview with a wrestler and he was saying oh. how, you know, there's, um, you know, X amount of chance of making it right. A very small percent chance of making it. Oh. But he said, but I feel like I increased my chances because I put eight hours a day into it and I treated it as my career before I was even you know, big. Oh, that's true. You have to treat it like, yep. But the thing is, is money, right? Can you do that? Can you quit your job and do comedy every day? I can't, you know? And so that's the thing is, I mean, maybe someday we can, uh, but right now we're not, you know, we're not really in a situation where we can do that. But yeah, there's people that, that go out there, like they live in their cars in LA and they just sleep in their car and they go to open mics and they don't have bills. So they don't have a job. They don't need a job, you know? And they make money off of comedy and they, those people become famous. I've heard so many Famous comedians talk about they live in their car for yeah. three years while they're in LA or whatever. Yeah, like um, I think Jim Carrey. I remember he he, he was somebody that lived in his car. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's. I, I mean, it. that, that uh, it's it could happen. You know, I mean, it's just it's so it's scary to live in your car. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I agree definitely. The thing is, is like I mean, that's what they were doing because they didn't need they didn't want a job to hold them back in that situation. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of I mean I I it's a hustle you know and I I and I see the comedians that are doing it for their livelihood and I'm just like wow you know it's competitive too yeah when, it, when you're doing it like that you know it's a where hard did you uh, you said oh I, I got interested in comedy I went to the open mic do you remember your first open mic where it was okay 
Yeah, you know, actually, I was actually not in California. I was in New Jersey. Oh. I was, um, <laughs> I was um, dating this guy. You know, I'm. He's from here, but then he moved to New Jersey. Anyways, um, and I actually have a joke about him, but I won't say who. It is. <laughs> the anti-vaxxer. That's who it was. Okay. And so, but he was a comedian. I don't think he does it anymore. But I went to go see him one week during Thanksgiving break, and he said, "You should try it. Get up there." So you know, I, you know, I tried it, and it, it was actually um, a lot of people. With a lot of people, it was like a, a restaurant bar thing. And there, there must have been at least 20, 30 people there. And I, I don't know, I felt great. I didn't, I felt a little bit nervous, but you know, I just kind of got up there and did it. That's wonderful. You know, really I think crazy. I had the recording somewhere. Do so, you, uh, you know, were you like, how did you feel when you, after you did it the first time? Oh, I was shaking and they're like, oh. are you nervous? I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not nervous. I felt good. I felt really good. I, you know, but I, I, I look at my, you know, sets that I have now that I'm really, um, I really, uh, I've obviously shortened my, you know, my set and kind of like, you know, cut the, the fat, fat out. But back yeah, then I had a lot more of the fat in there and I'm like, oh, gee, I don't want to watch. <laughs> Some of that fat gives flavor. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> How did you get into the Bay Area comedy scene? Were you just dating the guy and he kind of helped you find places or like, did you know somebody else or how did you kind of start getting comedy in the Bay Area? Well, you know, the, the, the thing is that, you know, people had told me there's this website uh, called Bad Salva. Have you heard of that? Bad no. Salva? And they list all the open mics, poetry, comedy, music. Is it still around? I think. I, let's see. I should it's... go look at that. I, yeah, love, I, so I, I write poetry. <laughs> you do? Yeah, there was I a man from it. Nantucket. Oh, oh never mind. Still... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't write poetry. So I looked on there and... Um, they had them all. I love your shirt. The world's largest open mic list. Oh. And then they, they have them in Canada. They have them all over. That's incredible. I should take a look at that. Yeah, let's see if they have the San Jose. I know some of them need to be updated. And I think, so when I came back here, I think that I did the, um, I think I actually did the Britannia Arms one. Downtown Sanofianza. Oh, the, oh, your Britannia arms. Yeah, yeah. Back then it was a mixed open mic. Wow. And, you know, um, they don't really have it. Let's see. Oh, Britannia arms, Cupertino, 8 o'clock p.m. Thursdays. Oh, somebody had listed me in here. My, oh, my that's cool. And it was me, have, by the way. It was me. Oh, my goodness. It was you all. Yeah, I submitted your <laughs> Big shops mic. on here. Okay, cool. Yeah, so... Um, I did that one and it was really nice because they were, you know, the people who were doing the open mic, it was music and comedy or anything, you know, and the two guys were really nice. They were they're like, like, you know, so I, I felt good. I felt like, you know, I could go up there. And then I remember going to Cafe Frascati and that was yeah. great. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I remember yeah. I was just, I, I really didn't talk to anybody. I, I mean, Jorge was always nice. Like, Hey, Jorge, you know, but I, I, I was kind of like shy about hanging out and everything. Oh my gosh, me too. Athena was, no. Athena was too. I got her to be social and comedy. Because when I first started out, um, my friends would go with me and then they would just like shoosh me away after my set so i didn't get to yeah. hang around or socialize oh, yeah. or anything and then and then i we started kind of like hanging out together and started going to the comedy shows and then she would leave with her friends still and i would stay at the at the bar till like uh -huh. one o'clock in the morning 
whatever, and just talk to all the comics and hang out with all the comics. <laughs> See, that's fun, right? Yeah. You get to know people and you network. Absolutely. Because you, know, you have stuff in common. I remember, I think, because I, I would always leave because I have to go to, you know, I have to get up in the morning yeah, or something. Right. Plus, I was kind of shy. I'm like, like kind of, Cafe for Scotty was so nice, though. You know, it was the really nice. happens really good. We're lucky here, you know. We are. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the South Bay. I love San Jose. <laughs> yeah, the South Bay. I, I mean, San I don't know. Bay. San Francisco, I've been up there. They're nice. And, and I love Santa- it, too. I love San Francisco. I love Oakland. But, like, I just have so much love for the San Jose scene. Oh, yeah, dude. The places yeah. and the people. And that's my that's it's my place. Hometown. That's my home, it's you know. the hometown. I used to just take light rail to take the bus, whatever, anywhere I wanted to go. Oh, yeah. Well, we hey, love so you guys. We, we met you over Zoom during the pandemic. Yes. And we were, we were one day, uh, I know you know about this, we were watching Athena's set. I recorded Athena's set at the last Frascati open mic. And yes. in the video, we see a person that we had never met before. We saw you <laughs> sitting there cheering her on and that was super awesome that was crazy we loved it and i was so Aww. happy because you laughed and like i made her laugh of course i laughed <laughs> we didn't know I you mean, at the time yeah i remember you went up there and i was like oh they're husband and wife like <laughs> 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 oh, she's so funny you know and say i, I think you went up there too sam yeah i, yeah. I, I performed that night too oh it my gosh it was a, so packed it was such a party everybody oh, everybody was there all the san jose comics were there it was like it was almost like a funeral in a way oh I just know. how you see people everybody gets together everybody like it's it's a social like thing and everybody is talking about memories and it was it was a good time yeah. it was a good time it really was, was it five years five or six years it was around it was nine uh when it how long did it last yeah or when it happened how long ago it happened Five or six years, I think. I don't know. I have no idea. Something like that. Yeah. I know. It was, there nice was even for Scotty before Jorge, because I remember when Victor Cruz was running it. Victor oh, Cruz Perez. Oh, yeah. He was running it for a while, too. And so they've been doing it for a long time at Frascati. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. And, you know, I remember, um, I don't know, I just was kind of shy. And then Zoom happened. It was great. You know, yeah. I loved, you know, it really for, helped me survive yeah. the, the whole, you know, the shelter in place, you know. Yeah. You got, we were so, you guys were so busy during Zoom. We were, man. We were doing everything. We were on, we were doing shows. We were on shows. It was just so much fun. We were just, uh, just tons of people, lots of laughs. It was a really good time. Yeah. I mean, that was what was important to us is one, being able to foster community and other people to make them not feel alone or that they don't have like, oh, you know, it was like, what? We would stay up so late. And people would just jump into the Zoom and hang out. Those hangouts almost every night. We would we would host hangouts almost Aww. every night. And then and then so I sit here sometimes and I go, you know, all my Zoom people deserted me, you know. But then at the Aww. same time, at the same time, I think, you know what? We were there in a time. I oh Barry, we were we were there at a time when people really needed us. And like yes. even if people kind of are moving on with their lives, they're doing more in-person yeah. things. They, they still remember us and we're still in their hearts. And if we need them, they'll be there. And they're doing better. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so true. Um, I, I remember just seeing people and, you know, just just having that. It, it was, a, and I wish I could go back to that sometimes. Well, what about I mean? teaching for you on Zoom? What was that like? Oh, oh it was very <laughs> hard. <laughs> I can't believe we all made it through everything. You know, it was very, very hard. It was um, because I teach special ed. So, you know, we had to learn. um, We had to learn Zoom and then we had to learn all the how to teach on Zoom with the technology. Just, you know, and 
But the best thing was just seeing my students. It was, we had to do one hour of live Zoom because it's, you know, it's hard for our students to be on there all day. Yeah. And then we would have to post like two hours worth of work and work on our classroom dojo. I mean, classroom, you know, and I'm like, like just learning so much information, yeah. you know? And uh, I, I loved seeing my students and having that sense of community, you know, but um, that, that was really fun. And then, I, you know, um, but it was hard. It was really hard because it was just like, it was piling hard, more and more. And you know what? I don't know, because I know people think that, oh, the pandemic, you know, everything's, you know, got back to normal. Schools are OK. Oh Kids gosh. are OK. Yeah. People are OK. We're not OK, <laughs> I feel. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that are that the pandemic was really hard on kids and adults yeah, yeah. We know firsthand. I, I feel like the pandemic did cause like a lot of like depression in kids because trauma yes. i feel like trauma. we collectively went good, through a trauma even adults right we all kind of had a yes. collective trauma but i feel like uh you and i as adults can process it better than a 14 yes. 15 year old teenager yeah. can and yeah or a 10 year old you know yeah we saw and, that you know in our own house our kids yeah i mean i like just a typical part of it too so it was just it was it was hard to go wow i've never experienced this kind of like thing before and i have to be strong enough for these younger people or the people that i'm responsible for and tell them yes. hey i don't even know if it's going to be okay but it might be okay so are you yeah. okay <laughs> yeah i mean that yeah, yeah. I and mean, then on top of that there was parents uh we're sitting with their kids on zoom right all day and stuff so it was really hard for them too so it yes. was just it was kind of just a collective like yeah. toughness so our hearts go out to you especially as teachers oh, I think, yeah i exactly. think um I'm, I'm not sure if it like is for special ed but um i think being able to see you consistently and being able to do their schoolwork also helped them to have some kind of consistency you know yeah and yeah, yeah who knows what it would have been if they didn't even have the zoom for you like oh yeah so you know the one thing that, that i was just concerned about when it first happened i was like god am i going to be able to get these students on zoom oh, i mean right. a lot of my students the parents didn't even have a working email or computers oh, and wow. the, the, you know the school district was really good about you know, sending like you know um chromebooks and yeah. um the oh, internet wow. hotspots i was very impressed and i was very impressed with the families because you know um some of the families that you know been, been able to get their kid on you yeah. know but the one thing i always struggled with when it was hard it's like am i doing enough i feel like i'm not doing anything i feel like i'm am i doing enough and i just try the best i can you know um but yeah after we came back in person there were a lot, they, they were giving uh, the students um, a lot of um, mental health services. Oh, there wonderful. Was a social worker there. Oh, that's there. good. Oh. And I, I do believe that depression and, and anxiety went up. It's yes. still going up. Absolutely. It's still like a, an after effect of it, you know, because there was, yeah. you know, people talk about learning loss. Well, I, I, I think, I, I don't really know. I don't know the studies or anything, but, you know, we tried the best we could you know and then and the, um, yeah the thing about that too is like it was kind of the first time we went through that as a nation as, as a this world generation you know that was the first time that we've gone through anything we've never shut down the nfl you know we've never shut down like, like oh, professional right, sports that was a big deal when they said we're just gonna cancel the nba that was a big deal you know and so 
nobody knew what we were doing at that, especially in the beginning. So we, it was just kind of learn as you go. And That's I crazy. think you absolutely I, did enough. I think the yeah. teachers did as much as they could with however they could yeah, do it. Exactly. You're the number two hero besides uh, the medical people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. I don't know. I mean, I think I, I feel for the families having, yeah. I mean, it was just my dog and I, and I would, I would be like, Oh, I'm by myself. But you know, I mean, I, I, I got, you know, it's just her and I all the time and it was okay. I mean, I got through it. And the, the Zoom thing really helped me though, being able to, you know, be on the comedy yeah. things and get having, you know, I was able to, you know, run an open mic on Zoom and then doing a, a woman's show and, you know, um, just, the, you know, Zooming my about, family. Yeah. One thing about you saying it was just you and your dog. I mean, a few, like, so a few years prior to that, you were going through a, a marriage that you were struggling <laughs> to save, right? It was kind of oh, yeah. crumbling it was before your eyes. You didn't have to live through that during the pandemic. Oh my! Yes. Oh yeah, because that would have yeah. been that I mean, would have been hell for you. So you're oh lucky that you were able to just be you and your dog. Yeah, I think about the people who are with their, you know, if they were in a marriage or a relationship yeah. or a, a roommate situation when they don't dangerous. get along and they're with each other twenty four seven. You know, even like, we were like, you know, trouble during the pandemic just because of stress and things. Yeah, like that, you know? it was a stressful thing to go through, and I. I can't imagine how it was for people that were in a situation where there was danger involved. Oh yes. There was abuse. Like, gosh, I, I honestly believe that everybody went through like this collective wave of trauma and it's going to take a lot to get that, you know, rebalanced and put back in because you have a spectrum of people who uh, have never gone through trauma in their life and then yes people that have been through so much trauma and and the pandemic was basically like an introvert's paradise in a way <laughs> that was in my mic oh yeah oh yeah it was hey. a introvert's paradise <laughs> kevin wong I, I recall oh yeah well how Shout is out. kevin wong i haven't talked to him in a long time i have no idea i imagine good yeah <laughs> I imagine good, but I I couldn't tell you. Give him a shout out. Hell yeah. We'll have <laughs> to on the podcast sometime. Him and all his uh, sports bobbleheads. So Mel, uh, you've been going uh, to to different places, doing comedy and stuff. Have you like had any like really exceptional experiences in comedy that you wanted to talk about? Um, let me think. Exceptional. Yeah, like. I don't know. I mean, um, I, as far as myself or other people, yeah, like, like say you were, um, at a show or showcase or it just made your night feel super magical. Like you were just on cloud nine. Yeah. I mean, it was a show and I can't remember what it was the flying, the flying something or other, the flying, it was in, in half moon Bay. It was really fun. It was a Friday and I had rode up with somebody else and I, I just felt like, you know, um, the energy was really good and just being on shows with other people who are your friends or meeting yeah. people, you know, um, it's always, um, and the Santa Cruz has a, um, they had one a couple, they have a couple ones, I think at, um, gosh, what is the names of the ones there? Um, Oh, they have the Blue Lagoon. That's fun Blue there. Yes. I love the Blue Lagoon. Oh, I love it. The first time I went up there, I was, I was like scared. Shitless Me too. <laughs> I don't, it wasn't because I was intimidated. I just felt like, oh my God, I'm on a stage. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> you know, it's a and nice stage, though. Well. It's a nice room. It is. 
Yeah, it is. And, you know, I got off and I didn't even, I didn't even last 10 minutes. You know, I felt like I was only like seven minutes and I just felt like, Oh God, that was awful. But then I'm like, I went up there like last week, this week. And I was like, God, I just, I just went up there and did it, you know, took yeah. it over. and I felt really good. I felt really, really good. Oh yeah. You know, I love so that I think the more you do it, the better, you know, the better you feel and stuff. And I'm trying to think where other, I feel like yeah. whenever I go to the blue lagoon, I riff really well for some reason. Like, that's a place where I just love riffing. The oh, first time good. I was there, um, there was a sign on the bathroom door that said, uh, this door doesn't lock. And so oh, I was like, I did so many jokes about that. And then I was like, yeah, I went, you know, the bathroom says the door doesn't lock. Hey, you know, in other words, don't take a shit in here, you know. And then um, <laughs> I and then I did my whole set. And then at the end of my set, I was like, yeah, so I was in the bathroom taking a shit. And this guy walked in. And then I was just, you know, I just, I love riffing. I love riffing there for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, it's a, it's a great room. And, you know, I, I just, it's funny. Figures that bathroom, it's right out. That's right in that little hallway, right? Yeah, yeah around the corner from the room. I'm always afraid yeah. of, when I'm waiting to go up, I'm like, okay, don't look over there accidentally. Right? Don't look over there, right? Yeah. I'm just like, I'm not looking, I'm not looking. And I kind of want to look and see. <laughs> they probably won't have me back after that comment. Oh, I'm oh. sure they're not listening. <laughs> Maybe <Ouch. Jorge. laughs> Hey, um. Talk about producing because you've been getting into producing lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I like that, you know, and, I, and I've told somebody that, you know, I don't have to be the star. I don't have to be like this huge thing. Okay. Not that I'm even close to being a star, but, you know, I, I like, you know, I like hosting and I like producing things. So I, um, of course, over the pandemic, um, over the shelter in place, I did the Funny Ladies Power Hour myself yeah. and Cynthia and that. We did um, women's shows. We did all women um, once a week on Thursdays. Was it Thursdays? I think it was Thursdays. Um, we did, um, we had four women perform um, and we raised money for women in comedy. We had a GoFundMe page. We raised $1,700. Wow. And we had to pay the women who performed on our show. And that was good. I really enjoyed that. That was probably, that was really like a magical thing. You know what I, I mean? To that. me, that was like, you know, and then like having women from all over, that was really fun. Yeah. And then from LA, they were on. And um, I don't know. And like, I still see some of the people on Facebook. And I, it's just kind of cool seeing different people and seeing what they're doing in their careers. Mm-hmm. And that, and that, you know, I remember just feeling like it was just so like, oh gosh, I have this show I have to do. I think it was a good time to do it during the shelter in place. It gave oh, me yeah. something to oh, focus yeah. on besides my job. And mm-hmm. I could, I had the time and, you know, just seeing people and, that was a really big thing. And then, and then I did the, um, I do an open mic at the Britannia arms and I, and I enjoyed that. I enjoy going in there and, um, every Thursday then, at 8 PM in Cupertino. Every, yeah. yeah south, south De Anza. Yeah. So, and you know, I remember when I was doing the, I didn't have an open mic during the shelter in place. Um, I did it on, uh, was it Tuesdays? I think it was open mic. And I remember and that. So, yeah. I do remember it. Well, I think it was Tuesdays. Yeah. Um, you know, I just remember, I always felt like, okay, I'm okay doing it on zoom, but if I have to do it in person, I'm a little nervous about, you know, in a bar and, you know, stuff like that. Um, so, but you know what, when I, when I, I I felt like the, um, just doing the open mic on zoom really taught me a lot, you know, and I felt confident. Um, and then like doing the woman's show, I'm like, you know, I could, I could do this. So I went to the Britannia arms and I always liked going there and they were looking 
for something like that because you know the business is always hard after the shelter in place yeah so i felt good i and you know what i i feel like um sometimes i, I help out with the off the hook mic on tuesdays nice in um campbell so um i do feel like we look hopefully i think this is true we look out for each other the other comics yeah. look out for each other mm-hmm. yeah you know? especially i feel like especially in the bay area i feel like especially the yeah. bay area comedy is like a big family I mean, there's also people yeah. that are jerks, but for the most part, yeah. like Bay Area comedy is a big family and everybody kind of looks out for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, what helps too is that, you know, at the off the hook, we rotate hosts. So there's like four of us. So, you know, we kind of talk, you know, we, we kind of look after each other and if we can't yeah. do it, somebody else does it. And then like, we, you know, we kind of, we have, we have to make a decision. We kind of all make it together and we kind of have some, you know, things about, you know, just kind of guidelines. And then like for my open mic, I think it's always good to share it with somebody, mm-hmm. you know? Oh yeah. And like, if I can't do it, you know, so then, you know, I, I don't know. You just get a different set of eyes too, too. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you probably have fit. different styles too. Yeah. Every host oh. kind of brings a different, their own vibe to the, to the show. And yeah. so it's always good to have a different feel. It stays fresh. Every once in a while. Absolutely. That's good. How long have yeah. you been hosting? How long have you been hosting at the Brit? I think it's a year now. Wow. I think it's been a year. Congrats. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I enjoy it. You know, um, they're, they're nice there and everything. And they support me. You know, that's they, they support what I do. They're like, they like what I do, do you know. Um, and I feel they got my back. That's the one thing. Yeah. I know some places, I, I know some places they, I don't know. There are probably some places they don't support the, the open mic. Yeah, we've you know, been comedians there. Or we've something, been there. But they, You've been there doing yeah. That? Our first our first show was kind of a place that wasn't really supporting what we were doing. I mean, they were, but they weren't. It was just a weird situation. The first um, thing they did was fire our PR. The person. first thing they did was it was a, it was a restaurant, and the first thing they did was fire my cousin, who is like what? the biggest people person you'd ever meet, and she could have gotten every single person that ate at that restaurant to come to the show. She could have talk people in the door all week long she got a lot of people to be at our opening our our first yeah she filled up she filled up our first show she packed that place just by talking to people because she worked there she lived in the area oh so she worked in a fire home and they fired her for no reason anyway that's a long story but that was basically (laughs) that basically killed our show because we didn't live in you hear that crying that is very crying right now poor dog she's being tortured (laughs) <laughs> um you mean mean lady hey um before we go though like uh you you talked about uh producing and things but what about your women's show that you do in person oh yeah so i've done um i want i, I started it at the brit and it's um called women's monthly and i've done two shows so far i know athena was on one of them it was really good I to have it. her i um yeah and so um I, you know, I, I was going to do one in September. Did I do one in August? I think it was one. August is the one you did. I can't remember if you did the August one. Um, I, and I, I wanted to have a monthly, but sometimes it's just so hard, especially at the yeah. beginning of the school year. So I kind of took a little break. So I'm thinking about doing one in October, you know, um, so trying to get that, that up and going and um, that'll be good. So yeah, it's all women, you know, maybe non-binary too, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. non And then basically. I just started. <laughs> just kidding. What's that? I said non-male, basically. <laughs> right, right, Sam, not you. <laughs> not well, me. Whenever you get a book, then I'll I'll put together 
please, please share it into Hypothetical Comedy Network and then oh, yes. we'll share it on our Hypothetical Comedy page and, you know, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. then maybe if it's uh, word free, we'll go hang out, whatever if we can. Yeah, I love it. I would love that. Well, you know, and then I started, um, I got asked to host the um, Branham Lounge. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, when, do you, thank you. when do you start? When's your first show? Tomorrow, right? Uh, this Sunday. Oh, this Sunday. wow. I'm excited. Yeah. You know, I like that place because, you, you know, it's very unique there. And, and comfy. And it is always, a very there's nice always people watching. Place. Yeah. I hey, that. I do this show online called Dive Bar Comedy. It's kind of a hybrid now. They do some online shows, some in-person shows now. Um, uh-huh. But when they do it online, they ask us to use a picture of a bar as your zoom background and the oh. last few times i've done it it's been the brenham lounge <laughs> oh yes oh how funny yeah oh they have a great background and yeah. the wallpaper is yeah. velvet oh yeah it's beautiful i love it it's got a very uh it's unique beautiful. feel i do like it there a lot that's awesome though i'm super excited for you to do the brenham lounge show yeah, yeah. Place. i feel like you know they're nice they're good there and you know it's, mm-hmm. it's a unique setting <laughs> And they have you know? security there too if anything happens. Yes, yes, that's true. They do have security. Yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of a wild and crazy woman. So they might need to kick, <laughs> I know they might need to kick you out of there. Yes. But I mean it's a place where you can definitely feel safe. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, is Jorge, I mean, is Jorge gonna be co-producing with you like he did with uh, yes? Okay, yes, I love cool. Jorge. He's great. So and he's always good to have around because he's very smart. Hell yeah, he's very comedy smart. Yes, he yeah, is. Jorge. Yes. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mel, for hanging out with us. It's been really fun talking to you. Hell yeah. It was great talking to you too. You uh before you go, plug your social media. Where, where can people find you and find all your cool stuff? Um oh wait, I'm sorry. You can you find me on Instagram. Projects? What? Do you have any like upcoming things, any projects you're working on? Yeah, well, on Sunday, which is tomorrow, tomorrow Sunday. This right? won't be up before um, tomorrow. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, I, I, the first Sunday of every month at Branham Lounge at eight o'clock, I'll be um, hosting and producing the comedy show. So you'll see me there. And then I'll be there the second Sunday helping out um, Jorge with his at Branham Lounge, um, his, his show. Um, and then the open mic every Thursday at eight. And uh, off the hook, I, once a month, I'll host that. And my Instagram is Melanie Loves This. Melanie Loves Woo. This. Hell yeah. Awesome. And you can find me at Funky Sam Medina on Instagram. Yay. Oh, and you can find me at She Shines for You on Instagram, Twitter, and Athena Rodriguez Comedy on Facebook. Hell yeah. And hypothetical comedy on everything else we do. Yay. Well, thank you very much, Mel. It was been it. super awesome talking to you. Yeah. Okay. Man. You too. Thanks.